All right, folks. So I have Dr. Angela Sturm, um, and you know she is a uh, facial plastic surgeon. How long? How many years have you been in practice, Angela? Ten now. Ten now. And I think the first time I met you was about four or five years ago, mm-hmm. and I was at the business section for the academy, and I gave a talk on you know mistakes and things you, and you came up after me and said, "I wish I I remember this correctly." You said. I wish I'd heard this talk before. Was that right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's so nice to hear people talk about you know things that they'd wish they'd done differently. Well, you know, I took a little bit of a moratorium from this podcast just because I, I, you know, and I had probably fifteen people come up to me at this past AFPRS meeting thanking me for the podcast because. Uh, the the younger generation, I, I will, or people trying to find their way, have really found value in some of the things that we talk about on the podcast. So, um, so I really appreciate you coming on because mm-hmm. you've been out ten years. You, you, have, you, have you learned a, th- a thing or two? One or two, <laughs> One or two right? yeah. So, and I got to tell you, I, I I see what you're doing, and I'm, I'm uh, it's impressive. Um, so there were a few things I wanted to just kind of touch on maybe as, you know, you. learning points. You, you joined a senior person coming right out of fellowship, right? Yes. Are you there? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, I can, can you hear me? So you, you joined okay. someone who'd been yep. in practice for many years, right? Right, right, right out of fellowship. Now, I have spoken to a number of people um, who have done that and it worked well for a few years and then it fell apart. In fact, I would dare say 80 to 90% of those arrangements don't work. I feel very blessed because I've got a number of associates and partners and, and I believe the, the secret to that is having it all laid out from day one including what it means to be partner and all that. Mm-hmm. So if you, how many years was it before mm-hmm. it, you decided I need to make a change? Uh, it was oh, that the was, sixth year. So, wow. That was six years. I, I've tried really hard for a long yeah, time. You, <laughs> yeah. Cause I left after you seven. You left after seven. Uh, I tried. Um, if what were the biggest lessons you've learned? If you were to, to guide someone going down that road, because again, I, I think we have we're on to something here. If 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 eighty percent or so of them fail, and I might even be ninety, what what lessons, what things would you you know, you tell a junior person looking to join a senior person? Um so I think there's a lot of different things there. Like the junior person joining the senior person, you know, see see the opportunities in it because everything's an opportunity. You know, you're you're going to be able to position yourself in a certain place and you you still have to market yourself. You still have to put yourself out there. You have to do all the same things. So I'd say still like develop your own brand, develop who you are, you know, plan on doing making that of yourself, of deciding who you want to be and where you want to go and, and make sure that fits into their plans. Um, and everyone, you know, our plans change and that sort of thing, but understand their perspective too, of like, this is their practice that they've built their whole life. And, you know, and I, I 
get that, but make sure it's something that you're both going in the same direction and, you know, you're honest and open about everything from the beginning of this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. And it makes sure that it aligns. And I think that may be one of the hard things is in the beginning, you may have an idea or you may, <laughs> you know, that kind of evolves mm-hmm. as you evolve. Um, and it, it's, it's a hard dynamic, I think, too, because you want to be busy as fast as you can and they want you busy as fast as you can because that benefits everybody. But what does that mean exactly? You know, and you talk to the younger people and they say, well, I want to be on the website and I want to do this. And I want, you know, that person to do for me this and that and the other. Um, but th- on the other side, they, they're investing in that relationship and want to make sure it works. And like you said, a lot of them don't work out. And so I can understand, you know, you want to make sure it works out before right. you <laughs> invest in that. And so I think it's, like I said, just like making sure everything is going in the the, the same direction and the timeline is the same. Cause I think that's hard too, of like what, where you bring those people in and how they fit into the practice and the timeline of what you're doing and what they're doing. Yeah. You know what? Sense. I dare say I am a fanatic about communication and um, I didn't understand this. I didn't understand mm-hmm. this years ago at all. You know, I, one of my slides that I have in, you know, lessons learned is that more communication and not less and, you know, meetings. And, and I, I used to look at meetings as a waste of time, but um, for example, uh, Kimon Slaughter, who's, you know, he joined me, he's a fellow of mine six years ago. I took two hours at this meeting and we just sat and talked, you know, what are his goals? And, and I said, you know, I text him, I said, mm-hmm. when we never get a chance to talk mm-hmm. to us. And we sat down and, you know, I said, what, so where do you, where would you like to be in five years? What would you like your practice to look like? I want to, th- you know, see if I can help you get there. And I so often, and it's the same thing with your team, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime there's, how would you like to find out on the exit yeah. interview that this person, you know, 70% of people leave a position over frustration. They're leaving because of something you didn't know. And that could have been preventable. So did you, did you have, did you talk with this person? Did you talk to them ahead of time? Like, these are my goals. This is what I'd like to do. This is where I'd like to see myself in five years. I mean, I would think you would, right? But, but did you or no? Yeah, I mean, I, I was always really clear about what I wanted. You know, I definitely wanted to have my own practice. And I, you know, I had a vision for what my practice was going to be. And I felt like I could make it happen where I was. But I think that's probably it, it didn't work out that way. And so I think we had a different version of what that looked like, you know, that I, I wanted to have my own practice. I wanted to be in charge. I would, my vision is closer to what it is now. We're having kind of a multi-specialty kind of a practice, um, and bringing different people in. And that wasn't necessarily the direction that Mm -hmm. that person wanted to go. And I, I think the conversation was had, but it was like, yeah, yeah, that'll be down the line and you can do all that, you know, like once I retire and all, you know, which maybe. Yeah. That's another thing, you know, the land of delusion. I mean, so many, so many of my colleagues who are a little older than I am, you know, there's, they, they, they there's no sign of them retiring. And I thought they were going to retire 10 years ago. You know, <laughs> it blows my mind. I'm 63. And I, I'm struggling with that, but I know I'm not going to be 73 years old doing this. If I, you know, is, is it 65? Is it 68? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, but there's a lot more to life, but it does. And I think that communication on that timeline is really important yeah. too, right? 
honesty. Yeah. Of what you want. Honesty and, you know, being open about, you know, it's one of those things that you said in that talk of like opening the books and saying, this is it. These are the numbers, you know, this is, this is the reality of things. This is your, what you're getting. And so you don't feel like you're left out of the, you know, like there's like, you're guessing at things and, you know, just having that transparency. Like, I really appreciate the transparency. That was one of the reasons I came up to you and said that after the, the, the talk is, you know, I really appreciate transparency. And I think that makes people comfortable in, um, you know, in the relationship and having a business relationship with people, being able to make decisions and having that transparency. Of, and like you said, I sit down with my people all the time. We have daily meetings, weekly meetings, monthly right. meetings. Well, you, you, you drank drink my cool. Everybody knows you, what's uh, coming you know, on. You, you believe in it. I know. <laughs> but it, it does work. It makes the difference. It really does. Yeah. So let me ask you, why didn't, at the time when you were finishing, what was, what was the reason you didn't go out on your own? Because I've gotten to know you and there's a reason why I'm, I'm asking you to be on this um, podcast, because I, I think you're pretty darn tough um, as I've gotten to know you and you're, you're pretty headstrong. And, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way, by the way, that's, that's how, you know, that's how people, you know, am that's I right? Me. You're not, you're not weak. Yeah. And uh, I'm from West Texas. There's rattlesnakes and scorpions and things that can kill you out there. You <laughs> so, <laughs> were born strong. So why didn't you go out on your own? Um, they, you know, a lot of people I think, just say, hell, I'm just going to, I'm going to go out on my own. I, it's scary. I think it's scary in the beginning of feeling like, well, I'm in this huge city and I don't necessarily know anybody, even though you do, you know, I think in retrospect, now I tell people, oh yeah, do it. Just do it. You'll, you'll be glad you did. You know, I look back and I'm like, I, I should have done a long time ago, but I think also I, I saw what I thought was an opportunity because yeah. what I w- wanted as well as to have a private practice and then also still have a fellow and have, be able to have like a toe in academics, but still having the private practice. And it was an opportunity to do that. And so I think that was one of the big things that made me stay is like, this is kind of already set up like that. And um, that might be something that's hard for me to do down the line. Um, and all the things that have come along, I've been able to do that in, in a different way that works really well for me. But like in retrospect, I, I probably should have, but I think it was that opportunity that made and me stay that. and say, I really want to do this because one of the big things, oh, one of the big things I wanted to do coming out of even just interviews for fellowship is I, I think I interviewed with one woman who was, um, was a co-director for the fellowship out of everyone I interview with. And I did yeah. 15 interviews and I was like, man, there should be more women who are co-directors or directors of fellowships. And that's, that was something that was always really important to me to kind of, of do that and be able to be that person that can, you know, be a mentor yeah. for other people. Yeah. And I, and I get that. I mean, so now we're now director for a different fellowship, so and it's that? great. You're part of a different fellowship. So now I'm a co-director for a different fellowship, and it's worked out. That's awesome. Really good. You know, um, I, I'm just going to just digress a little bit. I mean, I, I remember when Slaughter, when I was looking for, I had three people. I was really on my very short list that I was interviewing, and, and he approached me as a fellow and said, you know, would you ever consider me? And, and I was like, like why i mean you've never lived in the north 
you know, I don't think you've ever seen snow. Like, and he said to me, he goes, well, I just see the, I see the opportunity here. So, and he said the same thing. I mean, he's, he was very, you know, he likes working with residents and fellows and, you know, if it works out, I mean, like we all tend to be a little bit of uh, eternal optimist or we wouldn't be in surgery. Right. I mean, cause you know, you have to believe in what you're doing and turn out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, so what was, you know, what was the, like the straw that, like you said, I, I, I gotta, I gotta do my own thing. Cause six, seven, seven years is a long time. It's a long time. Um, you know, and you have a, a right. that was so my mentor loyalty. and it, yeah, I was I there it. for a long time and kind of, and yeah. Um, there were just a lot of circumstances that were coming up that I could see taking, that person out of the office for a substantial amount of time. And then the overhead of what we had falling on me and I didn't have like ownership in it. I didn't have ability to make changes or make decisions, but I was going to have more of that responsibility on my shoulders. And so I knew I had to do something because it, was sure. definitely not so going to work how far, you know, to be able to handle that. And I didn't know that I, yeah, no, sorry, I, 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 I get that too. So how far are you from where your original, where that practice was now, where you are now? The geographically, like, yeah. like geographically. Oh, I'm a couple miles, maybe it's about a 10 okay. minute drive. So do, do, you know, in, in Texas, do non-competes work or it doesn't matter? Or you didn't have one or. I was very lucky. I did not really have a geographic yeah. non-compete. I, most people yeah. I talked to did. So I was lucky that way. I just couldn't be in the same building. Well, so that's, that worked that's not out really well. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a huge city and I think, and it's probably just my opinion now, but I feel like most businesses, most surgeons, like I get my business from the internet, from people Googling me and then they fly in or drive in from different parts of town. It's, it's not necessarily where I'm located. It's what I'm doing otherwise. And so I don't know if the geographic non-compete yeah. can make as much. Well, there's more of that, right? I mean, there's more of that now. I mean, it used to be the geographic thing mm-hmm. was important. No, and it is to some degree. I mean, do you think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, if you picked up and moved to Chicago, right, it would make a difference. You yeah. know, it's still, you're still, people are still likely yeah. to, you know what I'm saying, right? It does, I mean, so there's, a, who knows how far the geography, especially now, the lines are blurred with social media and everything else. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. go ahead. Well, and going yeah, back to your point of like, what was the last draw? There was also, I'd gotten to a point where I was ready you know, I said, we need to, you know, it's now or never. And so I brought in some people to help me make the decision and they didn't necessarily want to, they didn't like that process and didn't want someone putting, you know, hard numbers on what things were worth and weren't working with me. And, you know, and maybe they didn't like the people and that's fine. And I think that was a conversation to be had with me at the time of like, I don't really like this. Can we do this a different way? Or, um, and so whenever that didn't work out, I said, okay, if we're not going to put hard numbers to things, then I, I think I just need to. Yeah, do I, so I'll tell you what I, one of the things I see that 
um, when things, the, <clears throat> this is why I'm such a big fan of, um, you know, what, what, so what we do is we, we bring someone on and in a year or a year and a half, usually a year and a half is really, you know, when we look to make someone a partner, it takes a year to really get to know someone unless they're a fellow, of course, mm -hmm. I know Slaughter and, and uh, Dr. Mm -hmm. Ureta, who's a plastic surgeon, he joined us. Yeah. Um, we're probably going to make him partner at, uh, you know, at a year because he did a year fellowship mm -hmm. here. And we know him. But, you know, at that point, at that mm -hmm. point, that's when you, you you kind of prior to that, they're an employee. But but at that point, you should be prepared to open up the books mm -hmm. and say, this is what we're worth. And, you know, and this is the number. And mm -hmm. what I see with so many, because I had two or three people this past meeting come up to me and talk to me about it. You know, they're a year, year and a half into it. And, you know, where people come up to me and say, well, am I, you know, it's going great, but I'm, we're trying to figure out the, the part, senior partner is trying to, you know, whatever. And then it becomes a contentious discussion because um, now you're two, three years into it or we're too busy, it doesn't happen. And another year goes by. And, you know, and then, the number, you know, for quote, you know, buy-in is really kind of very high number. And the number mm -hmm. really isn't, uh, isn't tied to EBITDA or a, a profit. It's tied to the old fashioned way that they value medical practices, right. which I think is bogus. You know, it's here, here are the assets and mm -hmm. here's the equipment and all this other stuff. And you're, you're buying a lot of things that don't have an ROI. And now, 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 right. it's exactly what you said. You're asking me to write this big check or finance a big check for something that really isn't returning, giving me an ROI. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and sometimes even if there was, right. you know, I can't stand this working environment anymore. It's just that I, I can't, I can't justify paying for this or you get a professional, you know, now you get your professionals to look at it and an accountant says, well, why would you pay that? So, so now you're into four and five years and, and the relationship's feeling strained and awkward and there's like walking in eggshells in the office. And the only way out is to get out. And, and I, but I got to tell you, I, I, more of my fellows, because I, I mentor and guide so many people in this direction. They go down the road, they don't have a, a clear path to partnership and it all starts you know, the honeymoon phase is over after about two years and and you start asking questions when when, when mm -hmm. are we, we going to talk about partnership i mean at at seven years you there was a huge opportunity loss you had there right you could have been paying down down on a building or something right right yeah exactly that's yeah. what happens <laughs> it's like man well, that was, that was whatever so time. this it sounds like you're doing okay so it's all it sounds like you're you know you've you've overcome a lot of that um you know i also i one of the things i always ask people too is um why didn't you go out on your own and i mean you said you saw opportunity um the uh, many of the junior people say well the risk and the this and the reality is i mean this is where sometimes the senior partners you know in fairness to them you know i, I look at myself they tried to run me out of town i mean all the shit i went through and their risk is extraordinary is extraordinary mm -hmm. to take, and you know, because you just went through it, right? You jump out on your own. Fortunately, mm -hmm. you know, because you weren't too, too far away, you do have, you know, you have relationships, people who know you, people who are your customers, your patients that right. 
that right. it, you know, and you didn't have a non-compete, so you didn't have to go to Chicago or something and start over. Um, but it is risky. It's scary as hell. Yeah. Go out and rent space, and you don't have, and, and your phone's not ringing, right? Mm-hmm. So how'd you do that? Right. So it was interesting because I, you know, I told him I was going to leave and I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to do this. And, and then I found out I was pregnant with a second baby and I was like, oh, that's going to make that harder. Okay. It's going to be good. And we started, we started in January, 2020. And I was like, man, this is great. Like, I, I didn't really know if I would have patience or not have patience, but the phone was ringing and I was like, this is great. Okay, good. And I was subleasing from you know, a, a plastic surgeon because my office wasn't yeah. ready yet. And, and of course that too, I was like, we're going to get an office and, and it's going to be great. And it's twice as big as I thought it was going to be, but, but I love this office. Like I need this office. So they were working on it and then, you know, everything shuts down. For yeah. COVID. <laughs> I was like, Oh my goodness. And then we came back and I had a month and then I had the baby. And so it was, it was scary. You You're know, still alive, right? But you, it's also you survived very it. exciting. Yeah, exactly. When I came through, I was like, all right, not much else is going to scare yeah. me after this. I, I think what we're going to be fine. What, <laughs> we're going to be saying, fine. Right? What, 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 you know, what doesn't kill you makes you tougher, right? Exactly. Yeah, we're stronger. We're better for it. You know, we've we've grown into our office to the point where I'm like, ooh, we're full now. You know, we're going to have to figure out what the next step is. So it, you know, it was... It was almost, I think it was probably the hardest step of like letting them know that that was it. I was leaving because it had been so long, you know, and I'd had that relationship with them and they didn't really believe me. (laughs) And they were like, can't you just stay? I was like, I'm building out an office right now. Well, like I said, when you decided you were leaving, I mean, they knew you were building an office, right? So they had to know you were leaving for sure. Yeah, I was. Yeah, it was definitely for sure that that's what I was doing in it. So, how did you, know, you get? It, and you, I just decided. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, how did you get the phone to ring? You, you know, how you said the phone started ringing. How did you get patients? I mean, because that's what people always worry about. You know, back in my day, we did it differently. I ran around to the emergency rooms, and you ran around and met dermatologists, and I did whatever I could. It was mostly functional, and then now and then you get a rhinoplasty. So, how did you get? How did you get? And still, how you've only been what you've been in practice on your own now? What a year and a half? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, about that yeah. long. Um, I had done a lot of marketing, like a lot of in-person networking. I'd met, networked with a lot of different women in business groups, um, some breakfast groups. I was really involved in some of those, some like groups that had to do with the college that I went to when I was. For the first few years, I was at a networking event four out of five nights a week. I was out just meeting a bunch of people. And so I did like pound the pavement. I tried all the different things. I had a, who's now a friend, a publisher and tried that. And of course that didn't necessarily work to run like an advertorial. And, um, it got a little did bit you though. Did you do a lot of that when I you were with the other person? Had built up. Yeah, I started all of that whenever I was there because that's, you know, I wanted to get going and I wanted to get going as, as soon as possible. And there was some spillover, but it wasn't it wasn't an, enough, you know, and the way the contracts were, I could do the ER work, but it it was more worth it to go network, 
know, and bring people in to do injections and to do non-surgical things and, and to do other things. And so whenever I was finally able to announce on social media and email to a certain degree, you know, that I was, was going on my own, you know, people were really excited. They, people that I didn't even know, like I, that were patients or people that I knew, but I didn't know if they were going to come be a patient when I was on my own, were calling and saying, Oh, I can't wait to come see your new office. And I'm, I'm so excited for you. And this is so great. And, you know, people were kind of invested in the process at that point, you know, they like wanted to see sure. what did the new office look like? What were so we you did, do? you did. Yeah. But it was a lot. It was yeah, a so lot you did work. your hard work. I mean, you get out there and you just, you know, pound as I call pound the pavement, right? Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. is no short. Yeah, and yeah. everybody I met, I friended them on social media. And, Do you think social media helped you? Um, so I could. Yeah, I do. It it was kind of like the the staying in t- in the beginning, especially it was my staying in touch with those people that I would network and get to know them personally, and then yeah. stay in touch with them. And then we, you know, it's like everyone you feel like you know that person from social media, and so down the line, if they're thinking about having something done or you know, coming in for injections or trying this or that, then they, they know me, you know, they've met me in person and then they've kept in touch through however long it's been. Oh, and I get, I get some patients from social media just from putting it out there and getting followers and things like that. But for me, it was kind of the combination of the, like the community outreach and the community networking it plus the social media. That's to kind of create that community yeah. for, well, our, you know, listen, that's, that's, real organic, um, you know, re- relationship building. Right. I mean, so it sounds like that was kind of, well, tell me, I mean, what was your, like, what was your strategy? That sounds like that was your strategy, right? I'm going to get to meet all these people. I'm going to have a presence on social media. Um, you know, did you have some kind of ratio? Like I'm going to do 30% of my post personal do, uh, I mean, how did, what was your strategy and you know, what, how does that changed? Yeah, it it had to be a mix of like personal and business and it's maybe 50-50 closer to more personal. It's probably been more business lately. Um on things like the Instagram stories that are kind of there for a little bit and then they leave. It's a lot of my personal stuff whereas the posts and things that stick around is more more business, but I will throw in some pictures of the kids and some you know, it's like stuff that is important to me whether it's you know, a lot of it is me being a feminist, you know, and trying to uplift like the women that I know around me and the people that I know that are going to med school and thinking about doing plastic surgery or, you know, and so a lot of what I'm mixing in is that is like sort of trying to be positive and inspirational. And the person that I wanted to see that was out there and they look like me and they were doing the things that I wanted to do that says, yeah, you can do it. I I mean, I think this, and you know what, it's, it, it, what they say, as you know, in social media, it's, it's social. And so, you know, people don't just like throw out, Gary Vee says this, you know, just don't throw out like, buy my shit, buy my shit, buy my shit. Cause no one cares. Right. I mean, they want, is they want yes. a relationship, exactly. you know, they want to get to know you. And, and that sounds like that strategy worked because it was genuine, mm-hmm. you know, trying to help other women who were trying to figure it out in business or look, I did this, you can do it too. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and I have a, I have a daughter who's a, you know, a physician and, um, 
And, you know, I talked to her about it. So it's, I'm not, we don't beat around the bush, but it's tough. It's tough being a woman. And, you know, in a male dominated field, especially in facial mm -hmm. plastic surgery, would you agree? Mm -hmm. It is because there's, there's more and more of us, but definitely 10 years ago, there mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, and it's, it's evolved a lot and it's really exciting to see where it's going. And, you know, I'm my, I did my training long enough ago that, that it did matter if I, you know, that I was a girl and I needed to work that much harder. And it was, I, I don't remember anything specific anybody said, but it was clear that I needed to make sure I, I hung yep. with the guys, you know, and did everything I needed. Yeah. My last fellow, I did. One of the best <laughs> fellows I've ever had. Uh, Jenna Van Beck, I think you met her, but, um, you know, she's, she's tough as nails. Yeah. And I remember, I think somebody was asking her, a woman was asking her about, you know, whatever and interviewing and, and pumping and whatever. And she's like, um, yeah, it's, but you keep that shit to yourself. Like no one wants to hear about it. Don't talk about it. Like you're going to leave and go, go, can I go to the restroom? <laughs> I, and I'm like, wow. She's like, no, you know, you right. don't say, excuse me, I got to go pump, you know, for a half hour and come back, you know. Um, but, you know, you don't think of those things, uh, yeah. you know. And I, How about going in business? Do you think it was harder for you? Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, let's face it, 80% of women, if they have a choice, will go to an, a woman physician. It's just a fact. Do you think it's helped you practice or no? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do, because I think a lot of my patients will say that. They say, I just feel more comfortable going to a woman. I think you understand what I want. You know, I, you, you know, and I've had patients say, you, you get it. You know, you get the pressures that we have to look a certain way, even, you know, just in life and in business. And as we age that we're perceived you know, we're all perceived a little bit differently, but different women, we feel like we become more invisible as we age and that, that I, I get that, you know, that I understand what that feeling is like, or that, that pressure to always look a certain way. And especially now that you said social media, you know, we usually yeah. look up like that. I'm like, okay, nobody, nobody wakes up like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My wife always says, you know, I, I need like 10, I need some time to, I got to put my face on, you know, right. I can't go out looking like this. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. no, it is tough. And I, you know, yeah. Growing up, we that? called it war Growing yeah. up, we called it war paint. We mm, got to put my war exactly. paint on. Um, yeah. So what what would you say is, you, is your biggest challenge right now, frustration, thing to keep you, you know, that, now that you've been in practice for a little bit, what do you worry about? Um, I guess it's always kind of the next step. The next thing that we're doing is I've in the past year brought in two new physicians and we've like I said we filled up our office and so what is what is our next step? Do we stay here or do we go somewhere else? And where is that going to be? What's that going to look like? Are we going to you know, build a building? Are we going to build an ASC? And I feel more comfortable making that decision knowing I have other people so did you bring that are invested in that you know but there's what's that, that right no, there's, well listen i that's another whole podcast um so are they partners of yours are they are they are you sharing space together how how's that because i think you told me you had a plastic surgeon right 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's she's actually joining next month. Um, I have a urogynecologist that does yep. like women's health and then of your oculoplastics. And so we're, we're sharing space. We all kind of have the same vision for what, you know, building an ASC and, and being able to do our cosmetic cases in a place that we can control and things like that. Um, so not partners in our practices, but we are probably will be in like the, the ASC and got it. And things moving forward, you know, and it's the stress of, of then bringing in partners. Yeah. So that's what your biggest worry concern is now. Yeah. It's like planning for the future. And then there's always the, the normal things around the office of making sure everyone gets along and we've got the things that we need. And, you know, those are daily things, but the bigger thing is the people problems. And how do we, by the way, they don't ever go away. I said hmm? what I call the people problems, right? And, and uh, you know, Susan, who you met, who's yes. our COO, like she says, you know, this, they never go away, the people problems, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because as long as you yeah, work with as people. As long as you work with people. Um, so where, where do you see, the, you know, where, you, where do you see yourself in five years? Obviously, I, I would assume you're, you're very happy you did this. You went out on your own. Yeah, I am. I, my, how the practice is, is much, is much closer to that vision that I had when I first started practice. I'd sat down, I think it was like four other plastic surgeons. And I was like, okay, you guys, we need to start a practice and we need to buy a building and build it out. And we all have different specialties and we can, you know, refer to each other and it's going to be fantastic. And they thought I was crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I get But we're getting, you know, it's, Super exciting because we're closer to that. Um, I would like to be at that point. We'll we'll be in whatever that next stage is, and I will be in the phase of busy, but been planning to try to try to do that in a way that I can be there for my right. girls. Cause 10 years from now, they will be teenagers and I want to be yeah. there for them. So I can tell you as a, that as point, a parent as of as four, the most important years are between about eight and 14. Don't forget that. That's absolutely mm-hmm. true. By 16, you've lost them if you haven't, you know, and up until eight, they, all kidding aside, <laughs> mm-hmm. years ago, extended families raised the kids, you know, but once they're, once, you know, they're start, playing in sports and, you know, boyfriends and girl, you need to be around. You need to know what's going on. And it's, but, you know, I, and I say mm-hmm. that because I, I know you get this, you get a very supportive right. husband, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. it, it'd be really hard to do it without that kind of support. I bet. Yeah, definitely. It's so nice that he does not mind. He's very supportive, whatever he needs to do to help. And he's great with the kids. So I, you know, if I need to be gone to a meeting or if I need to stay late or come early, it's, he's, he's there to do it, you know? And so that's our plan with him is to get him. So he's able to do the drop-offs and pick up at school. And then I said in five to 10 years, I can be there. I've built the business in different ways so I can be there for them, for their, you know, softball games or soccer games or whatever they have going on. And what advice, specific advice would you give? Because I did learn. I'm sorry. What? No, go ahead. Say I'm what sorry. you're saying. 
I did learn from my first practice that what I want to have is something that isn't dependent on me being in the OR all the time. I want to be in the OR because I'm a surgeon and I love it and I want to be there. But in at the end of the day, I want to have other things that um, I want to diversify. Yeah. And you the know, business. you're preaching to the choir because I'm a firm believer. So I'm going to challenge you. My goal was always to get where 20% of my income came from my hands. That was it. And, you know, if you can set that as a goal, mm-hmm. it's a really nice goal because then you're doing surgery for fun. Mm-hmm. So specifically, and then I'm going to let you go because yeah. I've, I've really taken enough of your time. What advice specifically would you give to, um, you know, a woman who is in facial plastic surgery and, you know, and wants to make a career um, and wants to get involved and, in, you know, in the academy? And you know, I mean, any specific advice that you haven't told me so far? Because I know that's important to you. It is, you know, it's important to see women in leadership roles and to see, you know, women doing this. I think this is a great place for women because we, we do identify with our patients and they identify with us. And I, you know, I think to maybe get over like the, the scary part of the private practice and see what you can do, that you can do all the things that you need to do. You just, it's, I say my life is like the plate spinning where you'll spin this plate and then you'll spin this plate and you can't do it all at once, but you, you get them going, you know? And so you, you can do that. You can be there for your family and you can, you know, and you can tailor whatever your practice is to what your, what you want your life to be. You know, you, you can make your schedule, you can do what you need to do. And there's ways that you can get involved academically. You know, I, I teach about once a month at UTMB and, you know, it was only because I approached them and said, Hey, I don't see that you have anybody that's doing rhinoplasty. I'd love to teach the residents. And they were like, we would love for you to teach yeah. them. That would be great. And so I have my day that I can, you know, give to the residents and that is fulfilling. And so you can do those things. And then in the academy, you just keep, keep knocking on the door. And you know, I kept saying, well, I want to be involved. I want to be involved. And then, you know, and you get on different committees and you just show up, you know, you show up to the committee meetings, you show up to the meetings and get to know different people. And as you get to know different people, they'll say, Oh, we're trying to do this. Do you want to help? And I've always felt like you say yes to opportunities, even if it's not exactly what you're looking for, because you'll get something out of it. A lot of the research I did was maybe not what I wanted, but I learned a lot from it. No, that's a really, uh, that's a really good point. You know, I always, um, I actually did a podcast on this. um, And that's what I, I I said, you know, you you go to committee meetings and, you know, all of a sudden somebody needs help with something and you help them out. So it's interesting. I had a, I did have someone talk to me at, Mm -hmm. um, First of all, I agree with you. You can do it all. You just can't do it all at once. And you got to pick what phase you're going to work on, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you can shift gears and go on. But I did have someone mm-hmm. come up to the meeting. And, you know, this is one of my pet peeves, right? People always want to know how, how come, you know, I, I just seem like I can't get involved. And so this one woman asked me at the fall meeting, because I haven't seen her in probably five years. She's a young woman. And so she said, you know, she asked me that question. Mm-hmm. I said, well, here's the thing. And the, well, the committees and, <clears throat> and she's like, yeah, but that yeah, that requires like I got to get here a day early, and I said, "Yeah, I know. I've been doing it for thirty years." You know, <laughs> but um, it's, mm-hmm. it's exactly as you said. And next thing you know, they're asking you to be on the board, and next thing you know, and you know, they're asking you to 
run for group VP, right? Mm -hmm. Group VP of education, and and it may not exactly be what you want. You might have wanted to do more of research or something, <clears throat> but you just say yes and you keep working. And next thing you know, you know, you're on the board. You end up president. You're off. But but I, I do. I will say, you know, it's been one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. And the people that I know, all over the place, from those relationships. So. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, listen, I really, it's a Friday afternoon and, you know, I know it's getting late in the day and, but I really t appreciate you t sharing some of your sh thoughts, Angela. Someone's going to see me at a meeting and tell me this was an awesome podcast. I'm absolutely sure of it because you're, you know, sharing and we all like, we all need to hear about what we struggle with, right? Isn't it help other people, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not alone. I just, mm -hmm. yeah, but, uh, absolutely. I hope you have a great weekend uh, with your girls and um, I hope, hopefully we'll see you. In San Diego, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm about 99% sure. I haven't missed many meetings, but I just kind of make it. Sometimes I don't feel like going, but then I go and I'm, I'm there and I'm glad I went. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. nice to see everyone. So listen, thank you so much. I really appreciate yeah, it. And uh, we'll let you, you know when it's posted. You have okay, a good weekend. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you.